This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. Feral Audio. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. Hello, everyone. It's the Todd Berry Podcast. It's a beautiful day. It's a Sunday in New York. You don't need to know that it's beautiful. I'm sure where you are, it's beautiful. Maybe it's not beautiful. If, if it's not beautiful, <laughs> if it's not beautiful, I take that back. And that's a shitty thing to say, as I assume it's beautiful when you might be suffering right now. <laughs> I know you feel like you're about to suffer even more based on how I'm starting this podcast, but uh, my guest is already laughing. My guest, Greg Barrett, is here. Greg. Hey, buddy. How are you? Going? Yeah. It's relative outside. Like, this is not, I like, like, if, if, if it was raining outside, I'd be like, this is awesome. I prefer that. You prefer rain? I prefer it, yeah. Really? Yeah, I prefer it. So, you like, to me, rain? this is just the same old fucking, this is just well, Los Angeles. Well, that's because you live in L.A. This, for yeah. us, this is the way we're dancing in the streets. I think here. you get, like, sun damage in L.A. Like, you start to fucking hate the sun. You're like, really? Again? Really? really? Do you really do Yeah, I hate it. Um, I hate it. Wow. See, I, yeah, I guess I, guess I could see where I mean, I don't hate the sun. That's big. That's a big... That's a big thing to hate. I don't yeah, hate the sun yeah, Don't try to take on the sun. But I don't like uh, continual sunny days. So you I don't like, like you like seasons. You're one of those love people. seasons. And I prefer like I went to college in Oregon, so I prefer that. Like I prefer more rain to less. Really? Yeah, I can do like I can do two months of sun and then back right into it. Why don't you live in like uh, Oregon or something? Because I can barely make it in show business in the place where there's the most of it. You don't like Portland or Eugene is the... Uh, I love Portland, Eugene. You probably make a living in Portland. I suppose, yeah, but probably not as a not as an entertainer. Yeah, you're right. But as a craftsman. As a craftsman. Some sort of... Cra- yeah, 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 something like that. We're going to make all the Portland jokes. Um, I love it there, though. I do. I like I like Portland. And it's it's just stunningly... I mean, that show is stunningly accurate and not... You know, it's. I grew up. I was around there. It's always been like that. It's always been the dream of the '90s. Is it? Where did you go to college? I went to college in Eugene. Oh, you did. I was I did a duck a show there at Wow Hall once. Yeah, that's where all the punk bands used to play. Of course, that's where all the punks used to play. That's where I, I saw X and Black Flag, and yeah. I remember going there. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go to this college town, and I, I guess I never discovered the fun area of town because I was in this no. sketchy motel. Yeah. Borderline sketchy, probably right. safe, but were you near that? You were a little bit near the train tracks, yeah. Probably, yeah. I was near wherever I. You don't want to yeah. be. About four blocks motel. over from Wow Hall is where the campus starts, and then it's fantastic. Oh, really? And then it's I just beautiful. It. Yeah, I yeah, because it. it's like a, it's like an East Coast college, a lot of brick. It was a great show, though. I mean, it was only like I remember it was one of those shows where you, uh, like, sixty people show up. I'm probably bumping that up a little bit. <laughs> Could have been fifty, but that sounds and then, like, like a- half of them buy merchandise like they surround you yeah you're like oh my god yeah that's success for me that 60 is like oh my god we topped that at 60 bro i know isn't that weird like i have such a i i mean if i find out 200 people are coming to my show i'm like oh that's great yeah no i know i know that's that's why i don't play places bigger than 200 because i'm so happy yeah some guy on twitter recently uh complained which is an unusual complaint he goes uh 
why do you, why, I wish you weren't playing a place that was so small. It was too small for comedy. Here's the thing, I can't, I'm not, you know what it is? Um, I have a little fear of intimacy, and I prefer you in a bigger hall. Like, here's the thing, I like your comedy, but if if it could be like uh, Kevin Hart, that would make me happy, because I I want to. I wish the sight lines were worse, and there was. The ticket price was triple. I would love to book a stadium and then just see what it looked like with my fan base showing up. Like how much extra room there would be. I know. That's I a- saw Van Halen at the forum with 800 people. They came, They had a practice and they invited like friends and family. So it's like 800 people, which is nothing inside of the forum. Yeah. And it was unbelievable. Like it was like, oh my God, this is how I want to see everything. I don't ever want to see anything not like this. Did they uh, play full? Throttle? This was when the, this was the first. This was right before they went out on the first tour. So Eddie was still sober, and Dave was. I mean, Dave was into you it mean the, the whole time. The first reunion tour. Yes, okay. the first reunion tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The first track Dave, of David Lee Roth reunion tour. Yeah, it was yeah. good. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I get like people writing me sometimes. Like, How come you don't play the you know the Verizon Center? It's like because there's going to be four people there. <laughs> and actually, it won't be four people there because the show will be canceled. <laughs> they don't allow shows that yeah, are four yeah. out of 10,000 people. Yeah. And then no, you have no. to start firing some people. In I'm your... exaggerating. It could be 60 people. Let me ask you this, though. Yeah. Do you do you are you like I just did this tour in Australia. So most of the, the smallest venue was probably 300 people. And it was it was an average of about 800 to 1200 a night. Yeah. So it was all theaters. And I have to be honest that like. The best show was the one that was in the the most fun to do was the one that was three hundred and it was in the closest approximation to a club, low you know low stage on the floor and I'm like that is just how it's supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, it, it you, really is. I mean, it's nice to is, play theater and it's fun and you yeah. feel like wow, this is really cool. But as far as I think looseness and just, I mean, it's always better. To it's see just someone. a smaller. It's a smaller medium. Yeah, it doesn't just, require. Exactly. It doesn't require that. I mean, I think everything is better in a smaller venue, but I mean, it's small is relative. Like, I think if you put baseball in a smaller venue, it would be difficult. I think, <laughs> I think people would be getting hurt. I think baseball should be done at like coffee houses, <laughs> small I coffee saw, houses. You know. I saw a picture of the first World Series that they played at a football stadium. So there was no offense. There was right. just it just went on forever. It was just massive, and people were miles away from it. And how do you get uh, a home run in that? Kind of you just fire, you just you can get a, hit a single if it goes through the guy's legs. You're all the way around. Really? Yeah, it was great. Enough with the sports talk. I love sports. Now we just got off a. Do you really? <laughs> Not at all. We just got off a cruise together. Yeah. You and I decided to vacation together. No, we did this. I got a nice picture of you. Do you? It's actually like on my Facebook page. That picture of you. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people liked it. Okay. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you were smiling, so it's rare. I think I caught that's, you in oh a rare God, moment. It was like it was like it was like shooting a bald eagle. Like that's like getting a picture of Angelina Jolie with her kids or something. It's yeah, probably worth like ten thousand. Yeah, I wanted to write underneath it that it was ironic, but then I just let it go. I let people like you. That's yeah. I I, I can let. I don't smile a lot though. That's I can see why you'd say that. Yeah. What did you like that cruise? That was fun, right? I liked. Yeah, I liked seeing everybody and doing the shows. I. What didn't you like? I feel the like Baham- you- I didn't love the Bahamas. Yeah, I mean, I... I didn't love... Like, I mean, I... If I want to go to Times Square, I'll just go to Times Square while I'm here. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was just... That part was sort of disappointing. And also, you know the part I liked the most? I liked when the boat was moving. I liked the boat uh, when it was moving and, like, sleeping when it was moving. And I liked sitting out on the deck and just watching the water go by. If you just went out on the deck, there were no people because everyone was up in a pool. So I liked that on 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 the sides, on the deck. But as far as, like, a thing that I'd want to do, I can't imagine wanting to do it. But I like performing in it. 
It was fun. That was a great crowd. I mean, I think that was also not a typical cruise crowd. That was a uh, comedy nerd crowd. Right. Um, but it would be neat to do, like, if, if it was that crowd, but on a smaller boat, but doing, cr- like, I like the idea of a cruise. I like the idea of playing a, playing a room like that. You know, like, having it, like, like I've always sort of liked the idea of, like, Vegas in that, like, wouldn't it be great to just go to the venue every night? You know, like when Ricky goes down to the club and then people are just showing up, you know what I mean? But they're not usually your fans that way. But do you know what I mean? Like a residency? Yeah. I don't know. That's like, uh, I feel like that's something that would scare me. I know that Vegas residency could pay a lot of money, but just the idea of like, oh, this is all I do is play this one city over and over again. I but, don't the, know. but the people turn over. It's not like you're playing to the same folks. Yeah, I know that. It's just. Uh, and then you have that big bull, billboard. That's, I think that's the most exciting part for me. Why don't you just, uh, <laughs> just splurge a billboard? for a billboard? Yeah. Why don't you, I, think, <laughs> I, might. I feel like that you really want a billboard, so we should get you one. Well, if David Spade can have one, I'd like Does one. Does he too. have one? I've seen a David Spade billboard going into Vegas. Sure. Really? Yeah, Bill Maher. You know those big ass billboards. Yeah. Um, I was gonna no, I just you. like the idea of like a play, like like I just like the idea of being able to like, I guess maybe it was because of like musically, I think maybe I would rather do it with a band, like where you just go down and you play every night. Well, and, if you're yeah, if your shit was already set up every night, and you yeah, just like you don't yeah, have walk to do in it, the whole sound check thing. Yeah, over. but like a show, like it had music and comedy. Like I'd love to do like you know, I'd love there to be like a copa kind of thing, right? You know, yeah. There's there's been people who've done you know. Stella, remember that show Stella? That you, did you ever do that yeah. when you were here? Uh, I didn't do it. I remember it. I remember yeah, it. I mean they had a band playing. It was really, it was really cool. It was, it was uh, when you can make that work. It's really fun. Yeah, the Largo thing was pretty good in that way. There was always usually a band, and then the Monday night show. Yeah, the handful of times I've done a show where there's a band like that plays you on. That's really cool. Yeah, I like that. So the cruise, you didn't, yeah. what, you didn't like. Yeah, the Bahamas. I feel like I wanted someone. And I'm sure there was someone out there who would be like, here, let's get past all the T-shirt shops and I'll show you around. Yes. But it was just all T-shirt and all these really aggressive people putting trying to get bead, you in their restaurants. Putting beads on you? Yeah. And just like, 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 it literally had to smack people away like flies. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was all, it was all touristy stuff. But I did but, like when we ran into you, like, I think that when we, we, were, we were with Tony Kameen and, yeah. and his uh, and his wife, right? Carol is his yeah, wife now. Yeah. And, uh, and you and Olivia and, yeah. and I liked like that, that we all walked around and sort of made it fun. Like in, in those situations, if you're with a group of people, you can have fun because you're all it like, was fun. Fuck. And the food was great. We found that place. That yeah, one the, restaurant was great. The Honk Fritter place. Yeah. That was like a real, that felt like the one place that felt legitimate. Yeah. I called that one. I had a good feeling to that. Yeah, you did. That. that was your call. I felt bad because she was like really aggressive. She was like, and then she got mad because I forgot her name. Let's just call her Elise or something. Uh-huh. And the uh, waitress, the lady that, yeah, that brought us in. Yeah, because she was like. Tell them Elise sent you. And I could see there was something where she wanted to get credit. And then I walked in and I said something like, Elise sent me. And uh, then Elise came over. She's like, did she did she get my name from you? Did she get my name? Because did you give her my name? I go, yeah, I did. Because you could see. And then yeah. I saw like a little infighting kind yeah. type thing where they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. there must have been like a thing where you, they, uh, it's like a, it's like a uh, salesman. You're like hustling for commissions there. Yeah, exactly. You get a commission on your meal. But then we all sat we down. We were probably the only white people in there, which is what made it feel more authentic to me. Right. And there were like barely, and it was super, like it was and it was very, like, not, it was not well lit yeah. on purpose. It was cool. It had a nice bustle to it. Mm-hmm. 
But I remember we sat down and we were all going to eat later. So it was just like, oh, we just want to try these conch fritters. I thought she was going to yell at us. <laughs> it's like, wait, there's seven of you and you're going to get two orders of conch fritters yeah. and that's it. And Which some, is, by the way, Cokes. too many conch fritters. They were pretty good. I want yeah, some right awesome. now, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But more, you have more than three and you have to start thinking about choices you've made. Yeah. You get depressed. I got depressed. Was that the, your first time on a cruise? Yeah. Yeah, it was my first time. My um, my father, who's 81, and his fancy girlfriend, they'll go on a cruise, but they'll do like the Baltic or the Black Sea or something like that. Like oh, they really? do some nice stuff. And my in-laws do it. But I just, I don't, I don't know, man. I had a real, I was really uh, ambiguous or ambivalent because I was like, part of me was like, oh, this is not for me. And no. then this part of me was like, hey, I should uh, research these. Maybe I'll do another one of these. But I will say that it was... um. I thought the sh- I thought the thing was really well cast. Like I loved pretty much everybody that was performing. Yeah. On like that was the really great. It was thing. a it was real like, solid show. It was it was yeah. me, uh, me. It was you. It was you. It was you and I and was, uh, uh, John and Roderick. Music. Yeah, John Roderick was there. Uh, Chris Fairbanks. Kamal Kyle Bell, Kinane. Yeah. Kamal. Yeah. Uh, Bronger. Bronger. Matt yeah. Bronger. It was great. Yeah. It was it, fun. It was, every, it was fun because I actually watched the whole show. Yeah. And you, I rarely watch a whole show. I was like, yeah. Oh, this is. This is entertaining me. Did you we had that conversation where someone came out because I don't know if Todd liked the show very much. Somebody said that, and I said why, and they go, "Well, he was, he really wasn't laughing." I go, "Todd, Todd, Todd and I have both been in stand up for thirty years. Like, I don't know what would you know what I mean? Like, I it's that one thing where you forget that like if somebody's watching you watch comedy, and you're just staring, but in your head you're going, "This is great." Yeah. I am the worst person to look at in the audience at a comedy show. I have my moments of laughing, but I also sometimes, I, if I really like somebody, really concentrating, like I'll go, "What are they? What are they doing? Right? Why is that so good? Why is it? You know, like I'll start to break down, like, oh, he really worked on that. I should think about that." But I've had audience members where I'm sure they hate me, and then afterward, like, "That was really excellent. I yeah. really appreciated my wife and I had the best time." <laughs> you're like, "Oh my god, you're fucking! I thought you hated me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you hated me." So you uh, you did this tour of Australia. I remember running into you in Australia. This kind of amused me. This was when I, I hosted that world stand-up special yep. that you were on in Melbourne. Yeah. And you got, you got off the flight. and I, I didn't see – I wasn't there when you got off the flight, but I ran into you when you just got to the hotel. And you were and like, what's going on? And you're like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the movies. It's <laughs> like – you went to the movies. I was like, holy shit, this guy just flew 19 hours. Right, because they said, <clears throat> because they said, don't go to bed. Stay awake. And the only thing I thought I could stay awake in was a movie. I can't remember what I went to see. But what a cultural, <clears throat> I'm a culture guy. I get right into a country I've never been to, <laughs> and, you go and I go look. see an American film. I'm sure That's I That's what I saw. thought was funny. I mean, yeah, I, I'm sure I, I mean, saw. there was nothing like wrong with it. It's not like I was, you know, exploring. Left no, but right. I am a little bit like that. Like, it takes me a while to like then dig in and get into the country, especially if you're there for a couple of days. Like, right. what if you make the wrong choice and now you're standing out at a monument and it's a long way home and you have to take a bus? I know. At least you can look at the reviews of the movie. Yeah, you know exactly probably, what it's going to be. It's like, hey, this is yeah. This is I'd love to remember what Rotten I saw. Was two, that was 2004, I think. 2003, 2004? Yeah. I remember, yeah, because I was like, oh, why, I was like, why are you going to the movies? And you're like, well, I don't drink and I don't know anyone here. <laughs> I was like, well, I guess, okay. Okay, I guess. Wow. I was like, uh, it was something along those lines. Yeah. But I was like, okay. And then I'm like, why am I giving him a hard time for going to the movies? Not that I gave you that hard a time. You really didn't. I didn't. I don't know. It wasn't like a brow that. beating or anything. But then you just did, and uh, I remember while I was there, in Australia, you mentioned, oh, I wrote this book. I was like, oh, that's cool. I wrote a book. Yeah, it hadn't come out yet. Right. So it was in that, so that was the summer, right? Was that like in, 
I can't remember. Well, no, if it April was during the festival, it was in April, right? Yeah. So we just turned the book in. And I remember I told Bill. Bur so I was on this thing. Um, we were on that. Uh, you were hosting something for Comedy Central. Right. And then a bunch of us were just on the World Comedy Tour show. And it was it was a great show, really. It was yeah. like uh, it was me and Bill Burr and the Flight of the Concords. Yeah. And um, that girl from New York. Uh, uh, um, I'll think of it in a minute. Hollingshead. Oh yeah, yeah, she's yeah. on there. Okay, super cool. And um, and I remember Bill and I were like talking about the book, and he's he just fucking flipped out. Why do you get it? You know, I can't imitate him, but what is it? Why are you doing that? What is that? <laughs> you, you can't just give the secrets away. You know, he just really like. Oh, he was upset that you were it, like uh, you were ruining the. Yeah, the yeah, game, yeah, yeah. The yeah, game yeah. for I, all I, us dudes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. That was that was his his take on the whole thing. Yeah, I remember. You, but I also think he's fucking. I like. Yeah, really I, I, I really like that guy a lot. He's yeah. gotten big too, huh? Yeah. That means bigger than me. <laughs> that was my way of saying, yeah. how did well, he get bigger than me? Well, I say the no, same like about Bill, you. And he is funny. Yeah. Um, I uh, I remember, yeah, you told me, you mentioned, hey, I wrote this book. I was like, oh, that's cool. I wrote a book. I, you know, I met a few comics or people who wrote a book. Yeah. And then a few weeks or months later, I'm sitting in a hotel room in San Francisco, and I'm just flipping around, and I see you sitting next to Oprah. Holy shit. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be... That's got to be just... It's just really unexpected. Yeah. You know, because, you know, like, that's perfect that you mentioned that because, so I was 15 years into a career of stand-up when I, when we were in Australia. Like, that's all I wanted to do. That's all I thought about. Well, I came down with a band to Los Angeles. That was yeah. my original plan. But then I was a stand-up and, and, um, and have been doing it since 89 when I started in San Francisco. And so that was my thing. I was like on a path, you know, like I think I'd, I'd shot a special in 99 whatever blah 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 like i'd done a conan i think i'd done a letterman a couple conans a letterman like i had a stand-up career and then that just took me into this whole like in an afternoon it just changed everything you know it just changed the whole because i wasn't necessarily famous right right you know how like you you can do a lot of things in comedy and not be known at all you can, yeah you can fly under the radar yes yes way under the radar that's so that's what i call it yeah, that's <laughs> that's the term I came up with. Right. I mean, there are people that are you know people that are discovering Bill Burr and acting like he just happened. You know, what I mean that that's right. you they, sort of break through the crust of the of the public. So yeah. Um, yeah. So then when that happened, it just sort of changed everything really quickly. Yeah, I remember I looked up. <laughs> I saw you on Oprah. I go, I wonder how this book is doing. I went on Amazon. I was like, it was the number one book. On the, like, yeah, and that morning, like, oh, that's, that just, morning it was at eight hundred and eighty-seven. I didn't even know about Amazon. Like, if I was at work, I was still working. I was consulting on a show, on a TV show. Like, that's what I do. And um, and a friend of mine goes, hey, "Have you looked on Amazon?" I'm like, well, "Look on Amazon for what? Like, just see where your book is at." So I was like, "Okay." So I went and looked at. it. I was like, "Oh, we're at eight hundred and eighty-seven." And the guy was like, "That's pretty good, actually. If you're yeah. in the top thousand, they have eighty books, million things." Yeah, on that's pre-Oprah. And then that afternoon, it was at number one. And then it's it sort of went on and off with Jon Stewart's America <coughs> until after, like, till about Valentine's Day. So I had a pretty long run. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I was pretty impressed. I was like, oh, well, good for him, man. Because he must, it must be like when you write something like that and then you find out Oprah's interested. It's like, it's like being asked to do my podcast, you know? Yes, it's the same thing. It's that same thrill. Like, you know, I can't believe this is, go I can't believe level. this is happening. I hope I don't blow it. What do but I wear? You must have known that that was going to be... Well, yeah, a guaranteed hit because of that, right? Well, there was a lot of things that happened at once. Sex in the City was over, so that was sort of I had worked there. That's how the whole thing came about. Um, and then um, Oprah had given away the cars the week before I was on the show, 
So she was sort of at her zenith, you know, like she was just, it was just, everything just happened at once. And so that particular Wednesday, more people were watching that show than ever. And it just happened to, everything just happened at once. And it was a cool, I think it was just sort of a catchy, easy to understand, quick idea. It wasn't a guy right. trying to give you a whole lifestyle. It was just like, look, if a guy doesn't call you, think think about the fact that he might not like you. You know, that was it. It's just me talking to my sister going, look, if that guy only comes over at four in the morning, he's not really your fucking boyfriend. So right. get your shit together. That's it. That's Maybe the whole tone the of the book. Maybe he works though, in that example. Maybe he works till three. Maybe he does. Right Maybe he does. But maybe. But that's that's the excuse that, like, you know. I know what you're keeps saying. Keeps people from, I, you know, it's just that thing of, like, it's it's with everything. It's just, like, don't take bullshit from people and be honest with yourself when you realize this isn't happening. But you that's know? always easy to, I mean, it's always easy to, to, uh, to say that. I mean, it's sometimes you just talk to someone and you're like, oh, you shouldn't be going out with this person. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy, and it, you're right. It is. It is. But also, yeah, you can't just tell. The, I mean, you can, but and the book. Look, the book was originally meant to just be funny. It was just a. It was going to be in the humor section, but but what happened was it was really meant to be a humorous book. Like my goal was like Urban Outfitters. Right. That's it. <laughs> Urban Outfitters, and um <laughs> and uh, but when we sent our when we sent the tra- when we sent the first um um you know uh, version of the book to our agent, she broke up with her fiance. And people would read the book before it was published and then like, oh, fuck, I'm in the wrong relationship. People started just, it just had an effect. Right. And there's just something about it that made people go, fuck, I got to wake up, you know? And then truly to the point of like people getting out of abusive physical relationships, that kind of shit. I know people that quit their jobs because they were like, you know what? Fuck, I'm not going to get, this is not happening. Why won't I just, why am I pretending that this job's good for me? You know, I had yeah. somebody move. They're like, I've been in Los Angeles too long. And then we'll call and go, your book sort of got me to this other place. Which is fine, but um, but so it had this life that had nothing to do with me, really. It was really more about somehow just clicking into the consciousness. And did it affect your touring? It affected a little bit, like just who Changed showed it up? completely. Well, I didn't have, like, let's be honest, like the, the oh, before be it, before it, I would be, I would do Baltimore, yeah. right? The Baltimore Improv on a Friday night and get 13 people to come out of the second show. I got, I believe I got 27 people. <clears throat> well, of course you did. But that would be what it was. Now I was selling out shows. Just flat out, like I would just sell them out, and it would be like ninety percent. I did a show in Boston where there was actually just one guy and me <laughs> for a show in Boston at uh, the, that old that room, you know, the uh, connection. Yeah, you know, and I was selling out, but the, it was all women that came and thought that it was going to be an evening of relationship stuff. And I don't know if you remember my stand; I'm sure you don't. But it was just all about being old and being in bands and right. having a wife. Like it was never on point about relationships at all. That's why they hired me on Sex in the City because I sort of wasn't. I was sort of like that, you know, according to Michael Patrick King, like the guy's guy, like a thinking guy's guy that is not. Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, it's like kind of when Chappelle, I remember had that famous show in Sacramento where people were yelling out. And then you just had, a, I had it recently, I guess, on the Odd, Oddball Tour where he, people are just yelling out catchphrases where it's like, they don't, some people don't understand like, yeah, I did that thing, but this is what I do. Obviously and on a much grow. grander scale, but when, when Chappelle quit his show. All I could relate to is that feeling of, I can't handle this thing. I can't handle it. Like, I don't know. Like, I, there were points with the book where I was like, I don't fucking want this. I didn't want, I just, I didn't want to be a relationship expert. That's not what I want to do. And that's right. the only thing people want me to do or let me do. And, you know, p- you know, I would get, 
I mean, there was a guy that wrote a book about our book. Really? That's how incendiary it was to certain people. And there were guys that wrote me shitty emails and stuff, mostly people who hadn't written things. And there's a certain point where you go, why the fuck did I get myself into this? And also, I'm not a spokesman for men or women. I'm just me. And I think probably on a much grander scale, Chappelle was like, I have all this responsibility, and it's all of a sudden it's turned on me, and it's become this sort of racist, you know what I mean? Like, I just want out. I just yeah. want fucking out. I want to turn, you know, it's like, I want to take down my Facebook page. You know, like, you know those days where you go, I'm shutting off Twitter, I'm shutting off my Facebook, I'm just going away. Yeah. I've never had those. Things, I, know. But I know what you're talking about. I know. You're now participating. No, there are times where I'm like, God, I, I admire those people like, like Tig and who are never go on Twitter. Or just, yeah. There's a handful of comedians who just have never done it. Like, oh, there's, there's something admirable about that. Well, they, I think, yeah. Yeah. I think so too. But then I read my own tweets and I go, wow, there's something admirable about sharing these with the world. <laughs> I wish I felt the same about mine. Mine are, I tweet like once or twice a day. Um, That's pretty good. I don't really, I don't, um, I, it's not really my, I, it's all right. You were going to say wheelhouse because everyone I says have, that now, wheelhouse. I have my moments, you know, I'll write a good tweet, but they're not as, like I see some people, I follow some people, I'm like, how the fuck do you do this so often? Yeah, I wonder if some people have them uh, backlogged. Like, I mean, occasionally I'll keep something in like a drafts folder, but I... I wonder if if someone is just like I'm going to spend the day writing tweets, and but then I'm going to roll like, them out. Do you know Sw like? Do you know Swisher Girl is like she's a she's a comedian. She sells. She's is it Laura Swisher? No, she's a Swisher um, sweets salesman. Oh, the she's cigar. A, yeah, and she's a pretty blonde girl. She lives in Philadelphia, and her fucking or outside and. Her tweets are fucking incredible, and they're just all the time. My sister's a bad. My sister's actually a, my sister tweets really well. My sister's much better really? at it than me. I'll unfollow yeah. you and follow Kristen your sister. Barron. Oh, please unfollow me. There's nothing doing. <laughs> there's nothing doing over at mine. I'm flattered that you do. I don't have that many blue dots, so that follow me. So that, I get excited. It's good to have a few of those blue dots in the corner. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you. So the yeah. So but then you wrote another book, right? Well, or an ebook. Yeah. No, we wrote two other books after that um, because. You know what it happened. Was, so then, I, so when I tried to when I tried to go back to sort of a career that a person in comedy would have, I just couldn't. It was it wasn't happening. I didn't get invited to festivals. I didn't get invited to do stuff with my peers. Like I just wasn't in comedy. Like as much as I was a comic and as much as I'd worked at it, people just thought of me in this whole other thing. So eventually, I'm like, well, fuck. I don't know what else to do. So we wrote another book, um, uh, uh, and then we wrote a third book, and we got dropped at that point, and the book didn't sell we didn't put it out in america we put it out in the uk and so a couple years ago actually a year and a half ago we were sitting around and we still own the rights to the book so we put it out as an ebook, and boom we went right back right back on oprah <laughs> we did taught a life class so i don't know sometimes you just got to go look you are what you are just do your thing did you get a good sense of your times with oprah what her like i, I always wonder what oprah's day is like it's epic you know i have a few i'm sure you do too i have a few super famous friends where you're like they just live in a they live in this gigantic tunnel you know where are they where they run past other famous people at the same time like they right. live in a different world where you just whip down a hallway and there's kanye and he's going in one direction and brian williams is going in another and there's oprah like it's just this thing i think her life is incredibly busy i think she likes it that way i think she keeps herself really really busy all the time um, because she's so probably addicted to, I mean, who gives up a show and starts a network unless they want more of a headache and she started a network. Yeah. I, I the amount you know? of work she does is, is really, yeah. it's frightening and impressive. But she has an army that makes it possible. She's a general and they run her in and out. But I, to be fair, you know, I think I told you this before, but like when we did the, with the, when I did the first three Oprahs in 2004, 2005, I never we never spent any time together. You know, she just was, I just saw her on the set. Right. She was incredibly kind. 
But, you know, how well do you know somebody in right, an hour, she's not right? hanging out. No, but she was, you know, she changed my life ostensibly. Yeah. So when we did the, when we just recently taught this life class, my wife and I, which was kind of fun, uh, we got to hang out with her a little bit beforehand because she likes to come down and just sort of hang now with the with you because it's not, she's not doing 10 shows. She's just doing the one. Yeah. And it's sort of like a guided TED talk. <laughs> and um, you forget that she's just in show business, man. She's just a TV host. That's all she was. She was just a person who's a teacher, not a doctor. She's not a scholar. She's not, you know, she was just a, she was just a ambitious black woman from Chicago who had a rough fucking upbringing who's in show business. So she knows how to be, make show business jokes when you're backstage. And she has that vibe of like when you're sitting in the green room with other comics that you don't know, but you know, they're comics. She just is like one of the, in a weird way, you're like, oh, you're one of the gang. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. And she's one of those generous when you're on with her, generous laugher generous with her time listens to you she can sit back and let you run the show the third time i was on the show she was super sick and she just said you're gonna have to run this because i can barely keep my eyes open and i was like yeah no problem i say that to my podcast guests even, <laughs> even when i'm not sick i go uh, i'm just I'm glad you're doing this but uh bring stuff yeah. to talk about yeah yeah, yeah i'm just yeah. gonna lay back <laughs> so just um bulldoze me no yeah i just wonder like i just imagine her like wakes up there's like a personal assistant walks in with her coffee and with a list of shit that's going to about to happen. Yeah, I bet it's not unlike being the president of the United States. Like, I, I mean, bet there's things. I, wonder, I just I imagine I, it's always interesting to think about someone like that in their alone time as she like just her sitting in her room checking her email or something, which I'm sure she does. Yeah. And I know she has friends and I know she parties. I know she likes to go out and have a drink. I know she you know, she has like up in Santa Barbara. She has her famous friends come up and they all get loaded and hang out. And really? Stories. Yeah. Do you have her email address? No. No. <laughs> no I tried I not to. Gonna, no. I wasn't going to ask for it. No. I was just curious if you got to that level. No, we're not like, we're not, we're not that close. Um, but, you know, the other thing, yeah, she, so she seems pretty cool. I don't know. You know, you hear stories about people all the time, but you don't really know. You know, like, right. and professionally, some people can be pricks, and then when they're not being professional, they're not. There's also the thing where if someone's famous and you say hi to them, and then they go, "Hey, how you doing?" People, oh, he's the nicest guy. I'm like, well, you can't. He may have said hi back to you, but the guy could be a, an asshole. Absolutely. Absolutely, or he could be the nicest guy. Yeah, I think I think that it's safe to say I don't know Oprah. I don't know her. I really yeah. don't. I've, I've I've had great experiences with her, and I've enjoyed I've, I enjoyed like hanging out with her this last time. But I don't know her. This I don't know anything I want to about talk her. About for the next half hour, I don't care. I'm Whatever gonna, you want to talk about, I don't. We can back off Oprah. I want to back off Oprah. Yeah. She's doing fine. We don't need to plug her stuff anymore. Yeah. She's doing fine. She makes a living. Yeah. Probably got a couple of nice places to live. So you just did, you went back to Australia. Then I went, you, we went yeah, back. Yeah, we've had a, we, we were back together. We've we known each other for times. a while. I thought we were talking about that on the boat. I've known you since uh, I met you after Saturday Night Live. And I can even tell you that one it was. It was, um, uh, it was Alec Baldwin and the Beastie Boys. Really? Yeah, it was a good one. It was when Garofalo was on the show. Yeah. And, um, fuck, the Beastie Boys were amazing. I didn't meet you in L.A. ever? Did we meet at, like, a? unless we met at, like, a, the only thing we would have met at is, like, a half-hour comedy hour or something like that. But I don't think we did, unless we did one of those tapings together. I can't remember. I knew who you were. I knew who you were. I knew, I thought, I know, I, I, I know I remember thinking you were super funny. And we, we hung out and went back to the... The Paramount Hotel. I the remember. Paramount Hotel, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was staying with Janine at her, I was staying with her uh, in her place. I'd done a little tour of like the Maine or something, did some colleges or something and came down here. So you just got back from, you did eight weeks in Australia, right? Yeah. That's 
crazy. Yeah, I did eight weeks. I mean, that's great. You know, <clears throat> when I got asked to do it, they were like, you can do four, you can do, and I said, what's the max that I can do? And they were like, eight, you know, and I just thought, well, if I'm going to go do it, I might as well just do it. You know, the, the, you know, come home with as much money as I could make, but also like, I really like it there and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to like, yeah, I, love I wanted it. to immerse myself. I really wanted to understand it and, and spend some time on the road. And quite honestly, I don't have those kind of opportunities here in the States to go play a venue every single night in a, you know, in a theater with a bunch of other comics. Like it was such a, it's one of those dream gigs right. in a way that, you know, and I also it didn't have anything to do with you being famous. It was because the tour was already famous. Let me being a Lollapalooza and you go, well, I'm just going to go see whatever bands are on Lollapalooza. So it's yeah. like its own thing. How many shows did you do? 43, I think. 43 total. in eight weeks. So that's, uh, is that, how many is that? It's 20 in a month. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. So you had like 10 days off. Yeah. And how did you about travel? Right. That's about right. Um, by van and by airplane. There was two tour. There were two tour vans, three vans. See it, yeah. Thing about that, it sounds great. Is like I've never. Well, I haven't. I've done some tours, but I'd love to do a tour. It's just like, here's everything's taken care of. This is like you don't being, have to book your own hotel. It's like being in a, like a. It would be like being in. This is like being in like the Goo Goo Dolls, like the way they probably tour. You know, you're in a decent <laughs> hotel. You play a decent sized venue. No, you know what I mean. Like yeah, a band, yeah. and a band that's like at that level where they can just tour. They're not massive. You know, this is like, you know, this is like, you know, but you are well, well known well enough to like, yeah. And then you're on the road with a bunch of people that I, it switched up a lot because not all the, not all, not all the Australians stayed on for eight weeks, but, um, so I met a lot of people and you got along. Oh, they're great. The nicest people. Were they all sort of, uh, were they like relatively known comics in yeah. Australia? They're all relatively known. I mean, they were like, in Australia, it's different because it's got the population of um, like Los Angeles. You know what I mean? Like there's not that many people in there. So everyone can be, you can get on TV. So like people were from television or radio, radio's massive there. Did you do um, it right after the festival? Yeah. So I did a week of headliners. Oh, you just did a week of the festival? Yeah, I just did a, the last week of the festival to sort of get my footing. And then we went on the road. Those headliner shows, they were fun, but they were definitely like some nights I felt like, oh, this audience doesn't like me. Yeah, I, me too. I think it was I think just, it was <clears> one <throat> of those package deals where like we're curiosity seekers. They weren't necessarily – we're huge Todd Barry fans and we're going to go to the show. I think that's partly Some it. of them were. I had some – we had some – I had some fans there because of the podcast, which is very popular in Australia. And, and the reason that I, you know, I've tried to make an effort to be down there because I feel like my 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 fan base is bigger down there than it probably is here, per capita. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so, um, so some uh, some nights it was great at the headliners thing, but headliners thing, I also feel like that's oh, we couldn't get tickets to Arge. Right. <laughs> and this is just downstairs. You know what I mean? They don't unless they sort of know you, and none of us were. All of us are well known and well enough known in the states, but not. You know, necessarily in Australia, you know? Right. It's a thing where it's like, hey, let's, we're, we're taking a chance on this little gang of comics. Plus, I think they want to see, like, who is good and that they would bring yeah. back. And then also, you get to go down there because, you know, the thing is, you have to go down there. If you go down and do it again, you have to do it as a one-person show, and it's a lot of shows. And yeah, you I have did to that sell the first tickets. time I was there. Oh, you did that the first time? Yeah, I did. I actually, yeah, I don't know if I, I actually did less time the second time I was there. I was there in 2003 or four, and I did an hour show every night. Then I came back. I, I remember because I wrote to to Susan Provan, who mm -hmm. runs it, and it was like last minute. And I was like, I'm just taking a stab in the dark, but I'd and be up for going to Australia. <clears throat> and she said, well, I could put you in this headliners thing, which was like 10 days. 
Right. But when you went the first time, did you do that show that you, the, the first one person show that you wrote the thing about? No, no, it wasn't a one person show. It was now just stand up. Yeah. Yeah. See, <clears throat> I did an hour. So I went back after Headliners two years later and I did an hour of stand up, but it wasn't enough. It was, it was just stand up. And I do feel like when you go there, you have to do something a little bit more on point, a little bit more focused, a little bit more. Oh, really? I, that's what I felt like. I felt like I, I got good reviews. People liked it, but it didn't feel, I don't think, special compared to like the effort some other people were making. Have you done Edinburgh? Yes. What'd you do there? I did a, the same thing, a sort of lame-ass one-person show that was just stand-up, and it was awful. Really? It was the worst, worst week, worst month of my life. You were there? When when, when did you do that? Um, right before Australia. Times. Right before Australia. And I just didn't click. I wasn't. I didn't know anybody there. I didn't have any friends over there. Uh, Garofalo came through at one point, and she had had a rough night. We went and sat and cried in a fucking Starbucks. Like, she had been heckled, and she just had a bad night. And we, I ran into her, and then we went and sat in a Starbucks, and, you know, she's yeah. like, what are we doing with our lives, you know? That uh, Edinburgh was like, it's like, it, it's a grind, and it's rough, but. Well, I feel like I came here the year uh, year people went, who cares about American comics? Daniel Kitson's here. Whereas before it was like, Greg Proops is coming. You know, the Americans were like a big deal. And now it's like, we have our own shit. We got our own Scott. We got Scottish comics. We got Austin. We don't need your fucking. Well, it's, I think there's a general feeling of that because there's literally like 1500 shows to choose from. So yeah, to to pop in that kind of. And then I got asked back. I got asked to come back and I was like, you know, I don't want to take some time off. I think if I. I'm I'm going to Australia again this year, and I'm putting this show together now, which is really strange and really different from what I've done before. Oh, and something I, I think that. that I something I think that I I think like this is what I've always wanted to do with my act. So, if that goes well and it's more of a theatrical thing, I think I would take that to Edinburgh because it, it's really like okay, this is this is constructed in a way that feels like an evening in the theater. Yeah, I, I've actually thought of like it would be fun. Because I've done a couple of shows like that, but to do something with yeah. a little bit of a theme and that wasn't just here I'm telling the jokes, right? And because you're competing, you're competing with a lot of here I'm just telling the jokes, and and they have a lot of young kids that are just starting out that are just like here I'm telling the jokes. I went to see this girl named Claudia Doherty. Oh, she's hilarious. Yeah, and I just her show just fucking blew my mind, and yeah, I'm like, this really is funny. what this is. I don't want to do that, but I, I, the effort that she put into it, I was like, this is what you go to the theater for. This is what forty dollars feels. Yeah, like. Yeah, I saw her. I think it was well. I met her in Australia the first time I was there, and then I saw her show. I guess I saw a couple of shows in Edinburgh where she, or maybe in Australia also, where she did she did a show about soil erosion. It's like she revealed this whole. She's insane. Yeah, she was really funny. The one I saw was called um, uh, "Deep Sea Monster," and it was about a girl who had been um, the last survivor of an underwater city, and was not very bright. I saw that too. Yeah, and she's trying to explain it to everybody. And she passed out a little sheet saying, "Don't steal this idea for TV." Right, and then she took a. <laughs> then she took a. She made these. You had to put these masks on that had dioramas in them. Yeah. Um, I tried to like get her. Sh- I tried to turn that show into a. T- I tried to turn that into a TV show. Yeah, I tried to like I tried to figure out a way to I liked it so much I tried to figure out my manager some way to develop it into something for her. Well, she was uh, I think she just well, I know she just did Judd Apatow's movie. Apparently, was really funny. Which movie was that? The one he made here, uh, called Trainwreck. Amy Schumer's movie. Oh, I don't know anything about it. Is that coming out? I soon? only know that they made it here, and I did not do a part in it. Which I don't know how you can make a movie. Without I like me. you in the movies. I don't know how I you think can I've make, seen I every movie. Movies, I should be in all movies. I've seen though. all your movies. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think I've seen all your movies. How many of them are there? I don't know. A handful. 
It's good though. You're always good in the movies. Thank I, you. You should be in a Judd Apatow movie. What's your What's your show that you're th- you want to talk about or not yet? Yeah, I can, but it's going to be very complicated and twist your brain inside out. It's called I Am the King Sweater, and it's about me getting asked to to uh, you know how like you get those weird. Your manager will go. There's a company that wants you to do their. They're looking for. They're doing an advertising campaign. And they want you to play the part. Yeah. It's a company out of Japan called the King Sweater Palmate Company, and they want you to play the part of a has-been rockabilly star that sells his own palmate. <laughs> that's like the best. Is that really, is that a true thing, or is that something it, you came up with? That's we'll have to figure out. Okay. So that's what it's about. And, that's really uh, funny. And, um, um, and so then there's that. And then within that, I'll weave in actual stories. I never pretend not to be Greg Barrett, but I am the King Sweater as well. And I actually have to say that on the show because I took a contract with them. So I eventually have to mention at one point everything I do. Oh, so it's a real company. And, Could be, and it's a real okay, and it's a real uh, product placement. It's palmate, yeah. It's a, it's a um, uh, the reason that makes it different is they come in silver and uh, gold glitter. So when you put the palmate in your hair, I don't have it in now, but you get either silver glitter or gold. Wow, that's a funny idea. So it's like you own the smartest. You know the guy. What's what's that guy called? The guy that I, I don't normally drink scotch, but when I do, that guy, the most interesting man in the world. It's uh-huh. like that. It's like a version of that. It's like it's, uh-huh. you know, like I'm I'm playing that particular part for them. They're out of Osaka. So are they gonna are they gonna bankroll this? Yeah, they're gonna bankroll them. Oh man! Unless they run out of money to go to Edinburgh, and then you go. I want a hotel room in Edinburgh, no oh. flat. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no I want a shared fl- flat. Yeah, yeah, no, I want to fly. I want to fly first cl- class. Oh man! When you go to Australia, do you fly? Uh, oh, here we're getting go into business. it now, man. You gotta go business, right? It's my favorite. Yeah. Well, the times I've flown Australia were twice. <laughs> it was business class. Once it was premium economy, which uh, it's not. I did it too. It it's was horseshit. It was if if it was different than the regular economy, I, except the one thing I remember was there was a guy like a, a flight attendant, like the charge of flight passenger services. He just comes around to every seat and he he actually crouched down. He's like, Hi, I'm I'm Reggie, whatever. Uh, I'm the manager of uh, flight services. If anything you need, it's like, well, I'm in premium economy, so. I want it, to be like. What are you going to do for me? It's called. It should be. It should be called big chair coach. It was a little bit. You, it's yeah, just big I chair coach. Just a little bit bigger chair. And here's the thing. I, in the states, I won't fly. I never fly first class. It's yeah, just throwing. That's literally throwing guitars out the window. Like yeah. economy is so good now on some planes, and you get a, there's a TV, and if you have fucking noise canceling headphones, I really even put the seat back. So I have no problem. I actually had a woman the other day goes, "Why aren't you sitting in first class?" So that stewardesses recognize me all the time. That's my fucking. That's my crew. That's She's like why go. I don't know why I'm. Am I not? <laughs> I know. Did I make a mistake? Yeah, and I said because it's a waste of money. I yeah. go, I'm, I go, I have a TV on this. This was, I think, JetBlue. I go, I have a TV. I've it's, got my. Uh, yeah, it's just a. Don't do it, guys. Don't give in. It's a colossal waste. I've only paid for one. But if you're going to be on an airplane for 17 hours and then you're going to perform within 24 hours of landing, yeah. you should say I'm only going business because I got to lay the fuck down. Yeah, I, the last time I flew to Australia, I was I did shows with Sarah Silverman and uh, the tour brought me over there and then they flew me business uh i don't know if it was united i think it was united and it was yeah. the first time i'd done it with a full flatbed it's like oh that changes everything everything and even if you sleep for five hours or seven hours oh yeah so. i can knock out on those things but what we're saying is we fly coach generally yep you get a good, good chunk of miles huh yeah you get the miles together and you go you know and especially once you've done those big flights flying from new york to san francisco that does every thing. yeah that is another advantage of that flight it's like everything like oh i'm flying to cleveland okay we'll fucking i'll walk that <laughs> <laughs> that seems extreme but i like it i did, like the idea of you walking to cleveland did you get crazy jet lag 
Yeah. I always get it like three or four days later. I'm fine for the first couple of days, and then I just knock out, and I feel bizarre. Just bizarre. And then I always go, I go, why do I feel so, oh, right. Yeah, like, I forget why I feel so fucking strange or, you know. But the thing that's cool about it for what we do <laughs> is that we work an hour or so a night. So it doesn't matter. I can take a nap or sleep whenever the fuck I feel like it or stay right. up as late as I want. As long as I'm awake for that hour, who cares? Yeah, because they say you're supposed to dive into your day. And it's like, I do try to dive into my day when I fly overseas. But it's like, yeah, so what if I take a two-hour nap? Is that really, that's, that, that is my day. Yeah, as long Although as I, I, don't as long as I make the show. Are you a napper? Yeah. Do you I'm do the power napper? Or? Yeah. Although, like I'm working a job here in New York right now, and so it is literally from 6 to 11 every night. Like it's 6 in the morning, 11, it's just fucking long, and I'm fine without a nap. I just breeze all the way through my day. I work really hard. But if I don't have anything on my plate, I will nap the shit out of it. <laughs> I really will. I will. If I don't have anything, that's one of the hard, that's one of the, I, I prefer to have a job because I sleep less. Wow. The, I think some places let you nap on the job now. I won't do it. I just want to keep going. If I take a nap at work, I'm fucked. Right. You're not going to get anything out of me after that They should nap. have little pods like they do at like the Tokyo airport or something. We just go. Right. But that'd probably, I'd probably be too wired from thinking about all the work. But you've had, have, you ever, have you done some writing jobs or had yeah. TV production jobs where you know, you're just like, that shit never stops. All of a sudden, it's, you look up and it's like, fuck, it's 7.30. Yeah. I thought I just got here. We're, we've been working all day. Yeah, I've done a few of those. Uh, do you like do you like going from doing stand up to doing long hours? Mm -hmm. You do. I like working. The structure. I don't like. Yeah, I like the structure, and I like knowing that there's a check coming in. And I think I I think also you know I'm at the point in my life where I don't think the Louis C.K. second half um, Bill Burr rally. You know, I don't think my stand up career is going to that place, and that's okay. But I need to figure out what I'm going to do because I don't want to stop working. So TV production, development, creating things for other people, that's really interesting to me right now. Also, I just like the idea of like <clears> – <throat> so this show that I'm working on is a, is a, uh, is a <coughs> relationship recreation show for Oxygen. But one of the girls I interviewed was this um, black, beautiful black model who's a mechanic in Atlanta, auto mechanic. And, and a model and a model but also like a but also like a big girl like but just gorgeous just yeah. you know just a beautiful black girl from Atlanta and also like a girl that like if you like she's super sweet and super cool but if you get up in her boyfriend's face she'll kill you like she has like just this incredible vibe she's just a really cool person so I said to the producers of the show we should make a show about a girl that runs a, we should get her we should get an all girl auto shop together in Atlanta and do a series and help this girl get her dream of getting an auto shop off the ground because that's what she wants to do. And so tomorrow we have a meeting about it. And I'm like, this is so fucking great. Like, this has nothing to do with me. This is me helping someone that I don't yeah. know, that I like. And I might be able to, like, make their lives better. And that that is so much more interesting to me than trying to make people like me on Twitter or come out to my shows. Like, I just feel like, oh, maybe this is the time in life where I start helping other people do things. Yeah, it's nice, like, when you see a... Occasionally I'll see a comedian who's funny, like a younger comedian. And you bring them on the road. But yeah. it's always the person who's funny and isn't bugging you for me. Oh, yeah. They don't need like this girl wasn't even asking for it. She right. was just sitting there and I walked up to her afterwards and I said, hey, can I talk to you after our interview? Because I have an idea. And she said, oh, someone had said something about doing something on YouTube. And I was like, look, you can do something on YouTube if you want. But just give me give me a week because I have to take this to my higher ups. And I don't know that I can make this happen. I really don't. But I love the idea. And you're cool. And so, you know, so hopefully that'll hopefully that'll be something that will happen. 
And, I, and then I'm like, then I can just dress like a, <laughs> I don't have to get dressed up. You know what I mean? Like, I like the idea of going doing a one man show in Australia because I can go do something creative and that'll be really fun. And I have a little bit of a fan base there. But in terms of like trying to be famous anymore or trying to like compete, I just don't think I have, I don't know that I have it in me or if I have the goods. When, nah, you have the goods. That's nice. Of I don't know if you have it in you though. No, that would be your decision. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, do you ever, like, you have, like, okay, let's take your career for instance. Like, you are, you're like, and, and I mean, this is a, really is a compliment. You're like the Ramones. Like, you have a thing that you do that's specific, that's been yours, that you were good at when you started, and it's only gotten better, and it's been super progressive, and you've, you like are always, every, the next year, you're always better, and you're always bigger. And it's not in an, in an ascent that you can't, when you go up super high really fast, you fucking yeah, come I, down I, I super. I, I mean, I feel like I've had this slow burn of a career where it's just like. But when I told it always people, it seems I, like I could be doing better. Which when I, I told, like. but when I told people that who was on the like people go who are on who's on your cruise, yeah, and I just assumed everyone was going to flip out for Kyle Kinane or whatever, just because it seems like Kyle is super hot right now. All people cared about that was that I was on a cruise with you. So you have a following that's so, and also I feel like your fans are like <laughs> in for life. <laughs> they they do feel like they're ser- serving a life term sometimes. No, but I, no, but I mean, no, but I mean, like, like, like. Uh, I always used to say this about Cross. Like in the old days when Cross would just fucking alienate everyone in the room, two people would like him, and those people were going to be in his army, and right. they would be with him forever. Same with Garofalo; they'd come in, and they'd be the two people. But over time, that's all you want because those other people were just punters. They were just going to go away in the first place. They were not. It wasn't important to make all of them laugh. It was just important to build. I like they use punt. I bet you never used punters before you went no, to I, Edinburgh. No, that shit pops out of my mouth all the time now. It's just a bunch of punters. Yeah. Did um? So you're gonna make what exactly is this? Are you a producer on this new show? Yeah, I'm a producer, and they're asking me. They're letting me direct. Um, oh. I'm directing second, you know, second unit, and uh, and then the interviews. It's a dating recreation show by the same people that make, um, celebrity ghost story. So a woman tells a crazy story like I pretended to be deaf for three months uh-huh. in a relationship to get this guy and then we recreate it. So we, you Is know. Is that a real example? Yes. She pretended to be deaf for yeah. three months? Yes. Yeah, good story. Girl from, girl from Alaska. She's like, there's so few men. And this one guy came in and she goes, I was drunk and I had just been learning sign language because a friend of mine was deaf and I was trying to learn how to communicate with him. And I just said, I'm deaf. I'm deaf. And then, and then I had to pretend that I couldn't hear anything he was saying to me, which was weird because then I could hear him talk about me to other people in front of me while I couldn't, you know, this fucking girl's deaf. Do you believe her? Uh, it, it doesn't matter whether I believe her or not. <laughs> we needed to produce something. <laughs> if nah, it's don't true fuck or not. This up for me, huh? I do. I, I mean, it, it, she, it sounded true, but I don't know. I just got to think if you're walking around with someone who's pretending they're deaf and then someone honks their horn. That's you, the whole thing. And they turn. She, well, she like, talks hey, about that. She's like, you, that? you realize she was, oh, she goes, you know, uh, occasionally I would, you know, do things, but it just, he didn't catch me. But I did like, you know, there's an example or two car, we have an example or two where there was a car wreck and she had to like, just keep walking, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to help these people because I have this bit I'm committing to. <laughs> it's kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. You get me on TV. Yeah. What network is the show for? Um, It's for Oxygen. Okay, Oprah. I can't. No, no. She- Oprah used to own part of Oxygen. Now she owns Own. Oh, okay. Everybody says that, which is part of Oxygen's problem. So they feel- they're recreating. They're trying to reinvent themselves. They're like, hey, Oprah, she's not. She's. We don't deal with her anymore. Yeah, we don't deal with her. She's got her own thing now. Well, she's you should because she's very popular. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that story about the deaf. Yeah, so there's a couple of those. So, the, so that's basically what this is. And so they asked me if I'd come out and help 
you know, sort of produce and make them funny or, or and, uh, and then they said, do you want to direct some stuff? And then, you know, so it's been, it's good. And then the production company, people are really cool. So, and I'm working in fucking Soho and I'm fucking in New York. I never That's lived true. in New yeah, York. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. You know, so funny my whole life. I was like, I could never handle in New York. I could never live here. And then I've been here. I'm living in Brooklyn and I fucking love it. First day, got on the subway, got fucking lost. Even with stop hop, I got on the wrong side. I went all over the fucking subways, but now I have it down, and I'm like, I I can get, I get why people like it here. I still occasionally get on the wrong train or get on a train. Yeah, I got on the other day. I got on the wrong train. I was like, I think it was the thing where I was trying to get to this grocery store before they closed, and then I'm like, hey, they're going. Oh, I just missed my stop. Oh, because this train doesn't go to my stop. I've only lived here <laughs> 29 years. I shouldn't. I still don't know when the F train runs, but. So, yeah, it's great to live in New York, It's right? really cool. Like, I... It's, you visited here a lot, though, right? Yeah, you know, but you do, like, four days. Yeah. You come in, you do Conan or whatever, or the old days, and then you, you stay midtown. You don't really get to see the city that much. Or I run around with Cross or Garofalo or somebody that I know here, and then it's over. And then I'm gone. Uh, and this is the longest I've been here, and I've been here for six weeks, I think, so far. And it's fucking great. Like, I get it. I get why people like it. I get why it feels like you're just in the shit, you know? Yeah, it's pretty exciting. It is. When it, except when the weather's terrible. And That's what everybody says. Like, it's just a nightmare. I haven't... I have lucked out. Yeah, this summer's been good, right? Yeah. Do you... Um, so you live... How do you like Brooklyn? Fuck, it's great. It's everything, it's everything everybody said it was, was supposed to be. Like, I'm living... I lived in Dumbo for a little bit with some friends, and now I'm, I'm in an apartment out in um, uh, uh, Borum Hill. Uh-huh. And it's great. You know, it's just fucking cool. So you just walk around. You can I walk. I like Brooklyn. I mean, I don't live in Brooklyn, but I every time I go there, I go, oh, this I totally understand why people move to Brooklyn. Yeah, I do too. I get it. It's pretty. Uh, it's It's got everything. Yes. It's got everything but me, which is, I guess. That's a, sad. That's so disappointing. That's a huge. Uh, but, you know, like you don't really understand what multicultural is until you're in a multicultural environment and realize that you really do not live in one. Like in Los Angeles, you just are never forced into community unless you go to a Lakers game. Right. <clears throat> you're never with a cluster of people. You're never you don't have to be on the subway all the time. You're not walking around with people like there's no people in L.A. You know what I mean? You don't have that sense of like you're immediately in community. The second you walk out your door here almost anywhere, you are involved with people of all races, shape, size, colors. And that's fucking cool. And that's cool. I, I keep thinking like my kids aren't having that experience. And is that you I don't know. get that hang out at alt comedy rooms? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I love alt comedy rooms. They're they're multi-culty. Yeah, right. Um, um, they the other thing is like, uh, yeah, I, it's just cool. It's very, are, very are you cool. gonna do any sets in town? I can't. I work till eleven o'clock every night, oh. so I haven't. I've been asked to do a couple things, but I haven't had a chance. I probably if my schedule gets better. Um, but I'm just like you know, I'm in this thing. I'm in this TV thing, so I'm just sort of trying to commit to it. Are you? Uh, have you? So have you found like your neighborhood coffee shop? And yeah, like, so yeah, there's a blue bottle near me. Blue bottle's good. Yeah. Did you have their? Uh, they have that. They have that sort of sweet. Ice coffee. Yeah, their coffee tastes like what it tastes like. That that tastes like like their latte is like a flat white, strong flat, flat white. white. That's why we love it, strong flat white. I remember you and I in Australia, we would just text each other, flat white. Yeah, flat white. And then we'd meet for a flat white. Me, you, Nick Thune, go get breakfast. Nick Thune. Was it me, you, Nick Thune, and Mulaney? Yep. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah those fuckers, huh? Yeah. It's too bad it's not going too well for Mulaney, but he'll be all right. I know he's gonna. He's out of the business, effectively out of the business. So I'm pretty, I'm close with the, um, uh, Ben Stiller because my wife and Christine are best friends. And so I've done some, I've gone to like some events for Ben, 
like he was honored here, honored there. And he had to, um, I can't remember, I think it was the, he won a Brit award or something. He won some award. I can't remember what it was. And Mulaney wrote the speech for him. Uh huh. And I gotta tell you, it's the fun, it's one of the funniest things Ben's done ever. Really? I think you can find it. It's, I couldn't, like, we were all watching it. You know, it was a room filled with fucking celebrities celebrating themselves. And Ben got up and did this speech, and he's a great actor. And, you know, I know Ben wrote part of it himself as well, but Mulaney helped him with it. Oh, fuck, it was amazing. Yeah, Mulaney's very funny. Yeah, super funny. A nice guy, too. Yeah, he's a nice guy. His, I met his dog a few months ago on the street, and he was walking his dog. Yeah. He's got a French bulldog. Dog was very nice. Of course he was. And very funny. How about... <laughs> Do you know Mark Norman? He's funny, too. Yeah, he is a funny guy. He I like works that hard, guy. too, that dude. I like he that guy. Like it's one of those guys. Every time he comes into the club, he's he's running. Yeah. He's sweating because yes. he just ran from a spot. Yeah. I can't believe I just said something nice about Mark Norman. Yeah. I'm joking. I like the guy. He's good. Yeah, he's good. Uh, we should... Uh, what else? We should talk about... I kind of want to ask you more about that Australian tour. Yeah. So it was 43 cities. Yeah. Did you have time to explore and... You do a little bit. And the the great thing is like, you know, you're with Australians and, and um, so it's a massive country. So you don't, you feel like you, you haven't really done all of the country at all. We basically did Queensland, which is like their version of Texas. Yeah. Really right wing. They want us to secede. They've got all of the mines, which is sort of like having all the oil wells. Um, you did, we did a lot of mining towns. So a lot of like, you know, what would be considered hick towns for Australia. Uh-huh. Um, good people. But, um, um, so sometimes you would go someplace and go, I'm just going to stay in my hotel. <laughs> you know, some places were just, just you're out in the middle of nowhere. But I was, the thing is, I was trying really hard to see kangaroos because you're supposed to see them when you drive, but you have to drive at like dawn or dusk. And so the first ones you see are dead because they're fucking roadkill there. Like, like, like and so then that was depressing. Like the, I never saw, I took between five weeks to see one in action, but I saw lots of ripped and half ones. Oh and, man. Cause you, if you're driving and a kangaroo comes in front of you, you have to gun it because they're bottom heavy. And if you don't hit them hard enough, they'll destroy you. So if you don't have a choice but to hit them, you got to hit them hard so they flip over the car. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. So then they get crushed. So that's to save your own life? That's to save your own life. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're like deer, but if you hit a deer, you know, deer are made out of like playing cards like they'll just fucking crumble you know what i mean like that's, deer, a, that's, a, deer. Great, that's a great quote yeah <laughs> you know deer made out of playing cards oh, that's they'll just good. fucking you break it a billion that. pieces save i'll save that, that. For further use i will I like that deer one. made out of playing cards did you know no it's true they actually are made out of playing cards. <laughs> a lot of people don't know about that. i know a lot about animals i don't believe that did you see a koala no koalas they're very hard to see most a lot of australians have never seen koalas i saw an emu i saw an emu sydney at all yeah you got to get it. There's there's people who can get you like this behind the scenes tour in Sydney, right. which is where I met a koala. Oh, you did? Yeah, I didn't hold it, but I mean, he was. There's a picture I posted on Twitter like 500 times, but he just was like right next to me. But was it in a zoo or was it like it was in, in an... this area where like they, they would rescue animals? Got it. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. were kind of like a, on the side of like the a preserve. So they were like a little docile, if that's the right word. I think yeah. that's the right word. But there was like a kangaroo just sitting. I just sat down with a kangaroo. The kangaroos and, are killer, and it, it's amazing that they're like. They must not even be phased by kangaroos. They don't even like it when you bring it up. And I would go, you know what? Fucking knock it off. Let me tell you something. Our ubiquitous animal is a deer. And they're horse shit. Really? They're scared little fucking... Think, they're scared... deer are beautiful. Oh, but they're just everywhere. And they're not... They're, they don't hop. They're not like prehistoric fucking see, bunnies. Did you see wallaby? No. Oh, my God. 
God, how did you not see? Oh, my I didn't see a wallaby. Like mini kangaroos. Uh, I know, I know. Oh and then there's God. little teeny ones that they kick. I did this tour of. I saw the toads. Yeah. You know those, you know the toad that they oh, brought in to eradicate some bug, and then they can't get rid of the toads, and now they're they're killing off the environment because they're poisonous, uh -huh. and they have no natural predator except humans. So now they gotta. So whenever they people see them, they fucking club them to death or kick them. Oh, I thought they were cool. I was like, oh my god, look at all these toads! And the guy next to me just goes boom and kicks it, and it popped, and then it hit the wall. Oh, it's nasty. Are they poisonous? Like, like they could have. They're po well, they're, you, they won't kill you, but uh -huh. if a deer or a kangaroo or any other animal eats it, they die. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I don't know why one of those animals would eat it, but they're, I don't know, I'm not really sure what, who they're killing off, but they're killing off other species. Do you think you're going to go back to Australia? Yeah, I'm going to go back next year. Oh, you are going? Yeah, I'm going to definitely go. Maybe I'll go too. Yeah. I love it there. I'd actually, when I'm there, I think about living there. I really do, because I think, oh, this is... And also, you go there, you have a clean slate. Nobody knows who you are. And and you're an American, which That's they still appreciate. festivals. Like, you'll see people go over... I'm always happy when someone who's maybe having a rough time here in the States goes to Edinburgh, and then yeah. you see, like, four-star reviews, and you're like, oh, good. And by and large, their comedians are the nicest people in show business. Like, Will Anderson, who's, like, one of the biggest comics over there yeah, like he nice took guy. a huge shine to, to dave and i on our podcast and he's been really really good to me and then everybody i met over there these guys this these these two guitar guys elbow skin hannah gadsby like i met and they're just they have really fucking great acts there was this girl on our show called um her, her, her thing was called bow heartbreaker and she's a lesbian good looking lesbian bush lesbian girl who puts on a beard and, and pretends to be a man it sounds terrible <laughs> It sounds like, oh, I don't want to see this. And I've never seen anything so good. And then she sings like Jeff Buckley. It is fucking like I was like, this is so weird and original and great. Yeah. And th so they're sort of in their renaissance. I think of like people, they're finding their own way to be, you know what I mean? Yeah. And not alternative, just creative. And they're great. This great. Harley Breen, another funny guy, David Quirk. Good. Oh, I know. I think I, uh, he does shows with Sam Simmons, right? Yes. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, those guys are funny. I saw yeah. a two-man show they did. Yeah, he's great. Let's, uh, before you go, we should mention your band, right? Yeah. The Reigning Monarchs. Yeah, the Reigning Monarchs. What's going on with that? It's Doing... just something I continually do. I've been, it was like my, <laughs> you know, when the, when the, when my whole, he's just not that into you thing, sort of, like, I got a gift bag when I, when it, it was like, I got a, a show business gift bag when I, when, when he's just not that into you. I got a talk show. I got a reality show. I got book. You know, books, all this stuff. And then it ended very quickly. Yeah. You know, it was like, bang, 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 over. And then it was over. When they shut the, the f It's the basket. It's just it's like basket a basket of like it. his shit. It just came in a basket of shit. Here's a, and I, and I, look, there's no, um, I'm not sad or complaining about any of this. I'm unbelievably grateful and very lucky. But then there was no show business. Like I literally lost my manager. I lost, like I lost a lot of shit. And, and, and when they shut that faucet off, they shut it off and you hear people talk about that, but like nobody wanted to, once you've had a talk show, people were like, well, what else the fuck do you want? You had it, you tried it, it didn't work, we're right. done. We don't want Greg Barrett for anything, which is fine. But at that time, I didn't know what else to do and I had guitar lessons that my wife had given me from my friend Mike who plays in Letters to Cleo. And so he was teaching me and I said, I want a piece of music to walk on stage to when I go on tour. And I wrote this song called Fanfare for a Well-Dressed Man. And then we just wrote another one and we wrote another one. Then we started a band and we've made four, we've made two full lengths and a seven inch and a, uh, an EP. Yeah. I've done some shows with you. I think I did. Uh, yeah. You've done I a few shows with us. Yeah. Oh my God. It was the best. 
So sometimes when I do Bring the Rock, it's the Reigning Monarchs is the band, which is a show that I do. Twice, actually. You've sat in with us twice. Once for the podcast and one for and one for Bring the Rock. We did Bring the Rock in San Francisco, I think. Yeah, at Cobbs. Yeah, Cobbs, and then you sat in with us out at the Bell House, which was the best. That was a really that was we played uh, White Riot. White Riot. Yeah, that was that was uh, that was challenging. It was great. I mean, that's a fast song, and yeah, then you play, and then there's a little tiny drum solo in the middle, which I'm sure I fucked up. No, you were great. Really? No, people loved it. Okay, that was a good night. Rhett Miller came out and played yeah, with us. He sang with it. He sang. Yeah, it. yeah. The next year we did it. I think uh, Nora Jones came out and did it with us. Really? Yeah. Hmm. She did Ghost Town. She's got a nice it's voice, huh? That? Oh yeah, gotcha. she's a really nice. But voice. you know what? When you see her in person, you're like, oh my god, she's so fucking hot. I really I saw pretty. her at a bar once. Yeah, I think she used to live near me also. Yeah, that's all my Nora Jones connections. So you guys going on tour anytime? Or? No, it's not really for you know. It's not really, um, uh, you know. It's just it's it's a lot. We're not famous, yeah. so we just go play to empty rooms. But we can go to Chicago and do one show. We can come to New York and play one show. We can go to the big cities and do one show. And Mike and I have rhythm sections all around the country, so we don't need to bring a band. Oh, like Chuck Berry, huh? That's right. So like out here, like after this, I'm going to see Pete Caldez, who is Janine's boyfriend, live-in boyfriend for the last twelve years, but also yeah. drums for us out here, right? And he's super him. good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, and then we've got a I have a rhythm section in Chicago. These uh, two brothers, so yeah, that's how we sort of do it. It's really more like a really, really intense hobby. You know what I mean? We yeah. make money. the The songs have been you know that we've had we've licensed a few songs oh, and cool. you know it, and we sell enough records that it it stays in the black. It doesn't cost me anything, so that's kind of neat. That's winning. Yeah, so I'm a professional musician. I actually have a you know I get a check every year for playing music. Uh, you'll tell me after when we shut this mic off how much that check is. No, I'm <laughs> Greg. Thanks for. Do- is there anything you want to plug? No, man. I'm. I'm. Uh, uh, Gregory Barrett on Twitter. Yeah, Gregory Barrett on Twitter. That's the best place to go. I don't. My website is just a ghost town now. Really? I yeah. Went on my it. Facebook page is sort of. Uh, yeah, the last post was Amir and I going on Oprah. Yeah, I saw that. January. January. Yeah. Do you, you do people go to your website anymore? I think so. Um, if I want to find out about somebody, I go one of two places. I either go see if they have a Twitter feed, and then I go see what's on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, you go on YouTube, really? Yeah. Yeah. Because get... then I want to see what they look like and what they do, and if they've got video. You know, so if it's either a comedian or a band, where are you going to go? That's a good point. You go to their website, then they're just bouncing you to YouTube. Might as well just go to YouTube. I think YouTube is paying you to say all this. No, no, no. <laughs> I wish they were. <laughs> Greg, thanks for doing my show, man. Well, thanks for having me. This was me. great. Thanks for listening, everybody. Check me out on tour. I'm going to the Midwest uh, starting next week. I'm going to St. Louis, Kansas City, Omaha, Fargo, Bismarck, Sioux Falls. Not in that order, but generally in that order. That general range of time, starting next Tuesday, the 19th, in St. Louis. Then I'm going to be in... um, San Francisco, the 19th and 20th, I believe, at Cobbs. Oh, and I forgot, in Buffalo, I'll be at uh, Helium, August, I think it's 28th through 30th. You can look that up on my website, toddberry.com. Then I tour Europe in October. Stockholm, Oslo, uh, Amsterdam, Helsinki is going to be added soon. Nice group of cities for me to play in. Check me out on Twitter at Todd Barry. Check out feralaudio.com for this podcast and other podcasts. Alrighty. See you next time. Thank you.
This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.